I don't care if they're big or small. They're for sale. Hell, I want them all. I like guns. I like guns. I like guns. Well, I really like 22 now. 45 lever with the Winchester tag. I like my double barrel. Had it most of my life. 357 was a present for my wife. I like guns. I like the way they look. I like the shiny steel and the polished wood. I don't care if they're big or small. They're for sale. Hell, I want them all. I like guns. I like guns. I like guns. And welcome to another Anarchist Weapons Wednesday that has wound up being on, well, Thursday. So it's not really Anarchist Weapons Wednesdays anymore. It's just kind of Anarchist Weapons whenever I get a chance. It's not important. It's not important. Unfortunately, this time around, severe thunderstorms, which you'll probably wind up hearing because they are still raging right now. Uh, combined with the fact that I'm still gearing up for Mississippi Mayhem. Um, I'm actually manning the gate this Saturday in West Salem at the La Crosse County Fairgrounds where Mississippi Mayhem is going to be raging for year number seven. I'll be at the main gate from one to five if anybody wants to stop in and say hi. Uh, FYI, if you do decide to come uh, or are planning on coming... Let me know. Because I'm a volunteer, I get in for free. However, I did pre-order uh, some weekend passes before I volunteered. So if anybody decides in the next 10 hours that they decide that they want to come and not have to pay for entry fees, I have two weekend passes I can give you um, for free. So if you would like those, I am more than happy to cough those up. If you don't know what Mississippi Mayhem is, it is a massive rockabilly and hot rod fest. Um, I've been doing it since year one, um, so seven years running now. Um, and because it falls on Friday the 13th this year, we're going to do kind of a psychobilly uh, Halloween theme. It's going to be pretty cool. Uh, and it's all for charity. It's all nonprofit. Almost everybody who's there, with the exception of literally one person, does not get compensated for their work. Uh, we are all volunteer, so um, it, it all all of the profits go to a charity. We pick out a charity every year, um, so it's for a good cause. If you are in the area and you feel like coming down, seeing a whole lot of very very cool cars, some of which you will never see anywhere else. There was a pair of '63 Corvette split windows there last year. There's been a couple of Aero cars. Uh, some Jaguar um, E-types, um, some crazy stuff that you're not going to see anywhere else. It is a hell of a hot rod show. I highly recommend it. But that being said, uh, I also was not actually going to do a show this week. I, I was going to wait until next week. I was going to keep the bi-weekly thing going. And I can't because there's too much stuff happening right now. We live in Clown World, and in Clown World, there's a lot of anti-gun shit that needs to be discussed. 
I wish that wasn't the case. I really wish I could keep it to, uh, you know, I wish I could keep it to, to bi-weekly. But these hoplophobes, man, you just can't keep a bad idea down, uh, apparently. Um, but we're back again this week, and I have a hell of a show for you. This week, I've got the DOJ trying to sneaky, sneaky some gun grabbing uh, that Grand Emperor Cheeto said he was interested in through and nobody's looking. Uh, the feds are demanding millions of records about app users. Uh, gun owners in Jersey are giving the finger to the government. Leftists really want to play Redcoats and Patriots, apparently. And, of course, this week a very, very special Florida Man of the Week. Let's do this, kids. I never get tired of having my own intro. I'm going to be honest with you. So first of all, the DOJ sends gun legislation package to the White House as debate rages over mass shootings. The Department of Justice has sent a package of legislative proposals on gun violence to the White House. Uh, a person familiar with the matter said uh, to Fox News, and I'm taking my information from them. I want to hear about it. As the debate rages over how lawmakers and the president should respond to a recent spat of deadly shootings. And there, there has been a few more than you would normally see in kind of a smaller area. I don't think it's the gun's fault. Let's not misconstrue that. Um, the White House has had the proposals for two weeks at this point, uh, according to that source, but has not yet sent anything along to Capitol Hill. It was not immediately clear what proposals are included in this DOJ package specifically. Now, Trump has signaled that he is willing to consider new measures while simultaneously also claiming that he supports the Second Amendment. Yeah, you know. Trump, Trump supports the Second Amendment. It's just, it's just 5D check. He needs to confiscate the guns before those libtards do. Right. So meanwhile, Democratic presidential candidates have gone so far as to urge mandatory gun buyback programs and other far-reaching measures. More on that later in the show. In the wake of deadly shootings in Texas and Ohio that have jolted the country all over again back into the same anti-gun narrative, the president suggested that he could throw his support behind strengthened background checks as well as red flag laws, which are wildly unconstitutional in so many different ways to take firearms away from those the government has deemed a risk to themselves or others. But he seems to have backed off of that potential strategy fairly recently, emphasizing uh, that his administration is focused on mental health solutions, which is really nice cover, but ultimately, let's be honest, that ain't what it's about. Uh... I, quote, I am hopeful Congress will engage with my team to pass meaningful legislation that will make a real difference and, most importantly, save lives. Both words capitalized and exclamation point, the president tweeted last month. Sorry, should I should I have read that in my, my Trump voice? I am hopeful Congress will engage with my team to pass meaningful legislation that will make a real difference and, most importantly, save lives. It will be great. Everyone knows it. I know it. You know it. It will be huge. Bigly. 
Anyway, there has been some confusion over the president's stances, obviously, particularly over background checks. The Atlantic reported last month that Trump told the NRA's Wayne LaPierre, that bastard, that universal background checks are off the table, but the White House has disputed that, saying that action on background checks does in fact remain in play. It's almost like the NRA is just trying to cover their and their boys' asses. <gasps> Shocking, I realize. Now, other gun rights groups, other than the NRA, like, oh, I don't know, my boys at the FPC. If you haven't joined yet, right now it's on discount to join and support the FPC for $20.19, and you get entered in to a giveaway before a tactical shotgun. So if you haven't done that yet, I'm going to go ahead and recommend it. Anarchist or not, these guys are trying. Uh, most of them are libertarian, bordering on anarchist. Uh, it's almost entirely vets. If anyone can do anything, it's them. Um, plus, their merch is awesome. Anyway. They've made it clear that they won't budge on background checks. Uh, the NRA tweeted Wednesday, last Wednesday, uh, as I did my show, actually, last Wednesday, uh, so-called universal background checks won't stop criminals from obtaining guns, would criminalize private transfers and loans between friends and family, and is completely unenforceable. <gasps> criminals don't follow the law. <gasps> I'm going to make myself dizzy doing that. Uh, a big no... From us, is what they said, which I gotta say is a little funny coming from the NRA, considering they supported the NFA in 1934, they supported the GCA in 1968, they supported the Hughes Amendment of FOPA, or sorry, FOPA, um, no, that's right, in 1986, the Firearms Owners Protection Act. Not the one you're thinking of. Uh, and Trump's bump stock ban recently. Among basically every other major gun control measure as well. The NRA are a bunch of sellouts. They suck. As pressure mounted for Congress to address the mass, shoot mass shootings legislatively, uh, Democrats have directed their ire largely at Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, who is no more pro-gun than Trump is. Uh, he has turned back votes on Democrat-supported gun control measures that have passed in the House. And again, more on that momentarily. In a radio interview last week, McConnell suggested that he would allow votes on proposals supported by the president. Quote, I said several weeks ago that if the president took a position on a bill so that we knew we would actually be making a law and not just having serial votes, I'd be happy to put it on the floor, McConnell uh, told radio host Hugh Hewitt. Why do parents name their children these things? Quote, if the president is in favor of a number of things that he has discussed openly and publicly, like, say, gun control, you know, take the guns first, back, uh, due process second, right? I think everybody should remember that because it was on video and it was kind of a big deal, except maybe, you know, gotta say it, but uh, Trump supporters, that's an accurate representation. Um... He said, and I know that if we pass it, it'll become law. I'll put it on the floor. Um, in a letter to Senate Democrats on Thursday, Democratic 
Majority Leader Chuck Schumer indicated that pressuring Republicans to, that, uh, to take up gun violence measures will be a priority. Quote, President Trump and Senate Republicans have failed to act on the issue of gun violence, bowing repeatedly to the NRA. <laughs> sure. And the hard right by choosing inaction or half measures over real meaningful legislation. Comprehensive, evidence-based solutions like updating our laws to require background checks for all gun sales must be a part of any congressional action to curb gun violence, end quote. Over in the House, I don't know if you can hear that, that's the storm I'm talking about. Over in the House, Judiciary Committee Chairman Gerald Nadler, a Democrat of New York, has said his panel will hold a hearing on assault weapons, that fun made-up term that just keeps rearing its ugly fucking head, in late September. And remember I said that I was going to talk about the Democrats and their passing gun legislation in the House? Well, the night before last, Democrats in the House Judiciary Committee voted completely along party lines, which I realize is not surprising, to advance some of the worst gun control bills ever proposed. Uh, the bills that are now moving toward a full House vote are H.R. 1236. Again, that's HR 1236, if you want to write it down. Gun confiscation legislation that would basically be federal red flag, so it could send SWAT teams to your door. HR 1186, which would ban your mags. They call them high-capacity mags, but everyone who shoots an AR knows they're standard-capacity mags. At least if you shoot ARs in a relatively free state as opposed to California, New York, and the other Democratic People's Republics of bullshit. And H.R. 2708, which would deny people convicted of vaguely defined misdemeanor hate crimes their Second Amendment rights for life. So that you understand why that's such a terrible freaking idea, let me explain something. You can be charged with a hate crime, and have, people have been, for flipping off a police officer. You can be charged with a hate crime based solely on the fact that the person who you got into a bar fight with is of a different race or gender than you. That bill would say, nope, you don't get guns anymore because you got into a fight with a black dude and you're white. Sorry. Or, oh, you got into a fight with a, a gay guy in a bar and you're straight. Sorry. No guns for you. Or, oh, you're a straight woman who beat up a gay man. Ah, that was a hate crime, so no more guns for you. Members of this committee also said that they expect all of these anti-freedom bills to reach the floor in a matter of weeks. Weeks. This is setting up a confrontation in the Senate that pro-gun people have to win. They have to. If they don't, things are going to get downhill very, very, very quickly. The Democrat-controlled House is likely to ramrod all of these measures through the lower chamber in a sham vote because they have the majority. They'd... Other than filibuster, there's not a damn thing that Republicans can do about it. Or independents, because it's not like they're... Is there even an independent in the House? I don't even know if there is. But I have a feeling there's probably not. So... I went out. Give me a minute.
If anyone's curious, Man of War Ruination, by the way. I prefer Man of War Armadas, but I had a, a huge, huge sampler pack of Man of Wars that I got for a song. And I've just been kind of burning my way through those so that I can save my Isla Del Souls, uh, my Sweet Janes, and my Devil's Weeds. But anyway. Moving on. And this is one that will boggle a lot of people's minds and really relates to this to a certain extent because it's a digital thing. The feds demand Apple and Google hand over the names of more than 10,000 app users. 10,000 users of an app. What app, you may ask? Well, I'll get to that. Do you own a rifle? Do you have a scope to go with that rifle? Well, the U.S. government might soon know exactly who you are, where you live, and how to reach you. That's because the government wants Apple and Google to hand over the names, phone numbers, and other identifying data of at least 10,000 users of a single gun scope app. It's an unprecedented move. And never before has a case been disclosed in which American investigators demanded the personal data of users of a single app from Apple or Google. And never has an order been made public where the feds have asked the Silicon Valley giants for info on so many thousands of people in a single go. According to an application for a court order filed by the DOJ on September 5th, Investigators want information on users of Obsidian 4, which is a tool to control rifle scopes made by night vision specialist American Technologies Network Corporation. It's actually a very popular uh, scope for uh, hog hunters. And what kind of gun do you theorize people use a lot for hog hunting? The answer is pretty obviously... An AR, because it's the best gun, well, it's the best rifle, arguably, period, in my case, in my opinion, but for hog hunting especially. Uh, reading through the comments, Jason feels called out personally because he lives in California. Well, get the hell out of California, bro. It sucks. California is awful. New York is awful. Oregon is awful. Washington is awful. Um, either coast, really, uh, is is pretty awful. Um, let's see. Houston Police Chief Art Acevedo, speaking at U.S. conference, said that the 911 calls don't come into the Senate and they don't come into the Congress. They come into police chiefs and mayors. It's not the Congress that shows up. By the time they get there, the blood has been cleaned up and the bodies have been removed. Yeah, that guy needs to... I'm not going to say publicly. Anyway, where was I? Oh, so, Scope App. Um, the app allows gun owners to get a live stream, take video, and calibrate their gun scope using an Android or iPhone device. So it's, it's a relatively high-end, and I'm going to go ahead and just say very handy-dandy little app to have access to. Well, uh, 
according to the Google Play page for Obsidian 4, it has more than 10,000 downloads. It doesn't necessarily mean 10,000 users in and of itself, because every download to a separate device counts. But, that's a lot, man. And Apple doesn't provide download numbers, so it's really hard to tell exactly how many iPhone users are going to get swept up in this data grab. I do also want to point out, if you're an iPhone user and you're pro-freedom, what is wrong with you? Moving on. If the court approves the demand and Apple and Google decide that they are going to go ahead and comply and hand over this information, it could include data on thousands of people who have nothing to do with crimes being investigated. Um, Eden uh, Amanovich, who le uh, is a lead on Privacy International's state surveillance program, said it would set a dangerous precedent and scoop up, quote, huge amounts of innocent people's personal data, end quote. Such orders need to be based on suspicion and be particularized, and this is clearly neither, he added. Uh, neither Apple nor Google uh, responded to a request for comment at the time that this article was public uh, publicized. Publicized. This is why this is why you don't do live video. Uh, publicized. Um, ATN, the scope maker, also hadn't bothered to comment. So the question is, why the data grab? Well, the Immigration and Customs Enforcement Department is seeking information as part of a broad investigation into possible breaches of weapons export regulations. If you've ever actually bought, uh, say, an EOTech or a Trijicon or an Aimpoint, you're going to be vaguely familiar with the law that I'm discussing here because you'll see the label and the little warning inside. And I think it's even on the packaging. I can't remember. It's been a while since I bought my EOTech um, and since even longer since I bought a Trigicon or an Aimpoint um, or my Spectre. But they all say the same thing. They all mention that they cannot legally be exported under blah, blah, blah law, right? This is the law we're talking about. It's a law that says that you cannot export basically essential military technology outside the United States without specific authorization from the State Department. More or less. I'm paraphrasing it pretty hardcore, but that's basically what it says. Is that you can't... So if you were, hypothetically, as a private citizen to buy an EOTAC or buy a Trijicon or buy an Aimpoint or an Elcan Spectre and then ship it to a foreign buyer from you, you go to prison for that. You're not allowed to do that. Government doesn't like competition when it comes to arms dealing, so they have a law. Um, but ICE is investigating. It's looking into illegal export of ATN scopes, through the though the company itself isn't under investigation. As part of that, investigators are looking for a quick way to find out where the app is in use, as that will likely indicate where the hardware has been shipped. Spoiler alert, if you're using a VPN to make it look like your connection is coming from Russia, the bad things are about to happen to you. ICE has repeatedly intercepted illegal shipments of the scope, and the uh, law is ITAR. Uh, it's the International Traffic in Arms Regulation. Um, again, 
that's you'll you'll recognize ITAR from if you've bought any high-end American-made scopes or or optics, or actually a lot of weapons components. You'll recognize that. <clears throat> but that's what they're using as an excuse to look into who's using technology to calibrate their rifles. And they want to just sweep all of it. They're not asking, and it's really important to remember, they're not asking for specifics. They're asking for all data on all users. Now, this includes shipments to Canada, the Netherlands, and Hong Kong where the necessary licenses hadn't been obtained that they know happened. Yet, they're disregarding the fact that they can know who has this stuff and ask for that specifically. They're not, though, because this is an opportunity for them. Quote from the government order. This pattern of unlawful attempted exports of this rifle scope in combination with the manner in which the ATN Obsidian 4 application is paired with this scope manufactured by Company A supports the conclusion that the information requested herein will assist the government in identifying networks engaged in the unlawful export of this rifle scope through identifying end users located in countries to which export of this item is restricted. Now, the order was supposed to have been sealed, but Forbes managed to obtain it before it got hidden from public view. Um, there's no clear stipulation on the government side to limit this to countries outside of the U.S., though that limitation could still be put in place theoretically. It is unclear, however, uh, just who exactly ICE is investigating. No public charges have been filed related to the company or resellers of its weapons or tools. And reports online have claimed that ATN scopes uh, were being used by the Taliban. And ISIS. Where? Where might they have gotten those? I'm not, I'm not going to point figures, but I am going to point out that uh, ISIS wasn't entirely a self-created thing. I think we all know that. Um... If the court signs off on this order, Apple and Google will be told to hand over not just the names of anyone who downloaded the Scope app from August 1st, 2017 to whenever this order goes through, but their telephone numbers and IP addresses as well, which could be used to determine the exact location of this user. The government also wants to know when the users were operating the application. Because, see, your phone, when you use this app, your phone doesn't actually do a lot of the heavy lifting of calculations. It uploads your information to a server, which does the heavy lifting, and then sends it back its calculations. So, you're exposing yourself by using apps like this. There's a reason why a lot of guys like me and other IT guys... Uh, have this tendency to um, avoid all major technologies like that, like the plague. Um, we don't use smart home stuff. We don't use uh, Alexas. We don't use the Hey Google thing. We don't use the um, like Nest. We None of that. None of that gets used by guys who are really into tech because we know what it's used for. 
And this is a perfect example. Now, <clears throat> the request is undeniably broad, I think we can all agree, and would likely include all users of the app within America, not just users abroad who might indicate illegal shipments of the gun appendage. Tor Eklund, a privacy-focused lawyer, said it amounted to a phishing expedition. The DOJ hasn't responded to any comments on this. Um... The danger is the government will go on this fishing expedition and they'll see information unrelated to what they were looking for and then go after someone for something entirely unrelated, uh, Eklund said. He said there's a long history of that kind of behavior from the U.S. government, which, again, if you're an anarchist, you know. Um, or if you're, you know, even freaking paying attention, you know. Uh, he warned that the government could apply this demand to other apps, such as dating or health apps, under the same kind of guise. Now, there, quote, there's a more profound issue here with the government able to vacuum up a vast amount of data on people who they have no reason to suspect have committed any crimes. They don't have any probable cause to investigate, but they're getting access to data on them. Fourth Amendment? What Fourth Amendment? Sorry. Uh, new police state, who dis? Even those who've worked in government surveillance were stunned by the order. Quote, the idea that this data will only be used for pursuing ITAR violations is almost laughable. And quote, warned Jake Williams, a former NSA analyst and now cybersecurity consultant at Rendition InfoSec. Quote, Google and Apple should definitely fight these requests as they represent a very slippery slope. This type of bulk data grab is seriously concerning for a number of reasons, not the least of which is that the download of an application does not automatically imply the intended use of the application. For instance, researchers often bulk download applications looking for interesting vulnerabilities. He said that if the request was granted, it may also have a, quote, serious chilling effect on how people use the Google and Android app stores. He added, the idea that Google could be compelled to turn over, in secret, all of my identifiers and session data in its possession because I downloaded a single application for research is such a broad overreach, it's ridiculous. Though the order is unprecedented in America, non-U.S. governments have tried a similar tactic before on a grander scale. Uh, as Forbes recently reported, an unnamed government had asked Apple for data on 58 million users of a single app as they tried to trace it terrorist cell, Apple declined to provide the data at the time. Chris in the comments says 1984 isn't supposed to be a fucking instruction manual, and yet it kind of has been. It's, and I don't think it's, you know, it's not correlation equals causation. Like, I don't think that, that governments are reading 1984 and then going, oh, we should try this. Although... This also could be happening. What I think is happening is that Orwell was just remarkably prescient and saw a lot of things coming down the pipeline. Now, Orwell was a socialist, I'll give you, but he was a very, very different socialist than your normal totalitarian socialist. Um, that's not an endorsement of socialism in any way, shape, or form. Socialism sucks. But, just saying. Um, continuing on. Uh, 
you know? I talk too much while I smoke. Wonderful, wonderful, and regrettably quite expensive cigars. And then they go out on me, and that isn't cool. There we go. We're up and burning again now. Next article comes from the United States East Coast. The Garden State, New Jersey. They'll take anybody. If you're from New Jersey, I'd apologize, but I simply don't care. New Jersey gun owners are storing, quote, thousands and thousands, end quote, of banned gun magazines in a steel vault. I, I love this story. When New Jersey's ban on large large capacity gun magazines, i.e. standard capacity, 30 rounds, went into effect last December, it forced gun owners to make a decision. Should they turn the magazines over to law enforcement? Should they modify them into compliance? Because you can get round limiters that go inside the mag and limit it to 10 rounds. Should they sell them to authorized owners or store them perhaps in another state? Or could they simply ignore the law, which banned magazines that have more than 10 rounds, which is my personal favorite option. There are about a million gun owners in New Jersey alone, which translates into a huge number of mags over 10 round capacity. Again, because they're standard capacity magazines. The only people who aren't complaining were the FUDs who are two world wars because they can only hold eight rounds anyway. Or they were using stripper clips and didn't care because it's an internal mag. Who knows? But anyway, I digress. Attorney General Gerber Grewal, Gerber Grewal, I have no idea, has previously described large capacity magazines as dangerous because of how they are disproportionately used in mass shootings. Which is a blatant fucking lie. And I think everyone knows that. The law is one of the numerous gun laws that has been passed over the past 12 months, making New Jersey's tough gun laws even stricter. Possession of a so-called high-capacity magazine can result in up to 18 months in prison and a $10,000 fine. As the state's largest gun group challenges the constitutionality of the law, gun owners have had to get creative with how they abide by the law. Some gun owners have buried their large-capacity magazines in their backyard or behind sheetrock in their garage, said Eric Rebels. Eric Rebels. A local gun rights activist and owner of Gun Sitters, a secure firearms storage company. Others are opting to simply store them away from their homes. Thousands and thousands of large capacity magazines are stored currently in gun sitters in Whippany, New Jersey, where gun owners have handed over their, their mags, taking advantage of the storage option as litigation plays out, Rebel said. Some have turned over more than a hundred mags individually. Got to get those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers. 
And they are held by gun sitters in a 3,000 square foot steel vault. In conjunction with County Line Firearms, a gun store in East Hanover where Rebels is a manager, they collect, catalog, and store as many regular capacity mags as they can. It costs $1.25 per mag per month to store them there. So it's not the cheapest option in the world, especially if you have 100 mags there, but worth it to have them accessible. Gun stores are legally allowed to store the banned mags. They simply cannot sell them. The one thing Rebels said gun owners are not doing is handing over their standard capacity mags to law enforcement, one of the choices state officials encouraged when the law went into effect. Gosh. What a shocker. I am flabbergasted. Flabbergasted. I'm shocked. Shot. Well, not that shocked. A New Jersey State Police spokesman said not a single standard capacity magazine, they said large capacity, but standard capacity magazine, has been turned in since the law went into effect nearly nine months ago. This should sound like a somewhat familiar story if you follow my show. Anyway, the uh, residents can also bring them into local police departments. They haven't. Uh, quote, the law is mistargeted. It is not at all surprising to me that no one has turned them over to state police, said Scott Bach, the executive director of the Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs, the organization who is challenging the constitutionality of that law. In conjunction, I do want to point out, with the FPC, uh, as well as, I think, GOA and NAGR, if I remember correctly. Um, quote, why would you turn in property you paid money for when when a government is bandit, when there is a lawsuit challenging it that could take a few years? End quote. Uh, the storage of the banned magazines is also helping to fund the lawsuit challenging the large capacity magazine ban. Large capacity Rebels said 20% of the money through the storage program is going towards funding the ANJRP lawsuit. They plan to appeal it up to the Supreme Court if necessary, said Bach, the executive director of the organization. If the ban remains intact, Rebels said people who have their mags stored in the vault can have them modified to 10 rounds or sell them or ship them out of state through the storage house. While Bach is optimistic, his organization will eventually prove that the law is unconstitutional, probably because it is. The courts have routinely disagreed, because courts don't give a flying fuck about the Constitution. Nor does government in general, because, and I realize, I realize this may come as a shock to you, the government doesn't care about your paper shield. <gasps> Shocking. While he's optimistic, uh, the latest blow was when a federal judge ruled just back in July that the law is constitutional after the state moved for a judgment on the case. 
The judge sided with the federal appellate court's ruling and said its decision resolves all legal issues in this case. Respect my authority is basically what he said. The organization, however, plans to file an appeal. Because screw you, tyrant. An attorney general spokesperson didn't know how many people have been charged with using or possessing a large capacity magazine, but did say they will continue to strictly enforce the law. Quote, when the legislature and governor give us new tools to tackle gun violence, we use them, the spokesperson said. Tackle gun violence. Yep. I'm definitely sure that's what you're doing. Quote, by reducing the number of LCMs in circulation, that stands for large capacity magazine, as opposed to what it should be, which is SCM or standard capacity magazine. State law limits criminals. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> ah, yes, criminals noted, noted universally for stubbornly obeying the law by making the law you stop them from getting their hands on that. Because it's not like any criminal has ever gotten their hands on a gun in a place where it was banned or anything. Chicago! Um, clearly, all we need to do is just ban things hard enough. And we'll, we'll do this. Um, but he said... Uh, the state law limits criminals' access to these lethal weapons and promotes... Lethal weapons. The, the, the mags are lethal weapons, by the way. Uh, and promotes both public safety and law enforcement safety. As if somehow that is at all what it does. But sure. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's, uh, fantasy land must be nice this time of year. Pro-gun advocates obviously argue that the law only targets law-abiding citizens. And insist that criminals won't suddenly stop using large capacity magazines when committing crimes. Do we even need to say it? Teresa Napolitano, an attorney who is storing around a dozen mags at the gun sitter's vault, said she, quote, resents the fact that this law went into effect, end quote, for the time being. The single mother has relinquished the mags, uh, she said, makes her feel safer in her home. Now, she said, I want to follow the law, even though I don't agree with it. <sighs> Fuds, man. Uh, Jason, to ask your question about having dropped an aluminum mag on my toe and therefore them being lethal. I don't use aluminum mags because it's the 21st century. Even my low-capacity magazines are still plastic. And FYI, I, I live in Wisconsin, uh, this little sucker is the largest I can use if I'm going to go hunting with my AR. Because my AR is, in fact, a hunting rifle. I realize that may shock people, but it's true. 
This is as big as I can go. Now, granted, I probably don't need a 30-round mag or a 40 or my D60 for hunting. However, one, that ain't all I do with my rifle. And two, the Second Amendment was not written in case the whitetail take over. So it really doesn't matter, does it? Moving on to a bit of an opinion piece. Um, and if you're coming here from the link that I shared uh, in the uh, Village Gunsmiths Facebook, um, this is the article, the, the piece I was specifically mentioning. So welcome to my show. You should watch the other episodes. And I'll promote some more crap at the end, too. But we continue. Liberals. Not classical liberals. Modern liberals. Neoliberals. Leftists. Call them what you will. Propose the first gun grab since Lexington and Concord. And we know how well that went last time, don't we? Courtesy of David Harsanyer, the senior editor at The Federalist and the author of First Freedom, A Ride Through America's Enduring History with the Gun from the Revolution to Today. Something you should definitely read if you have not. Uh, I actually have a huge list of books you should definitely read about the founder's intent of the Second Amendment and America and the Gun. However... One wishes the media would stop using absurdly lazy phrases, like mandatory gun buybacks. Unless the politician they're talking about is in the business of selling firearms, it's impossible for him to buy back anything. No government official, not Joe Biden, not Beto O'Rourke, not any of the candidates who now support buyback programs, has ever sold firearms. What Democrats propose can be more accurately described as the first American gun confiscation effort since Lexington and Concord, or some variation on that general theme. Although tax dollars will be meted out in an effort to incentivize volunteers, the policy is to confiscate AR-15s, the vast majority of which have been legally purchased by Americans who underwent background checks and never used a gun for a criminal purpose, or even didn't undergo a background check, but have still never used a gun for a criminal purpose, and certainly wouldn't use that gun for a criminal purpose. Because if you build an AR-15, you're going to build a really nice gun, and it's really expensive, and you don't want to lose it. So chances are pretty good you're not uh, using that for an illegal purpose. The mandatory gun buyback exemplifies the impracticality and absurdity, absurdity of the do-something-ism the Democrats want to turn millions of otherwise law-abiding citizens into criminals overnight for refusing to adhere to a law that retroactively transforms the exercise of a constitutional right into a crime. Something that Republicans, I want to point out, will have also done, specifically Donald Trump's bump stock ban, which retroactively made thousands of Americans felons for buying pieces of plastic.
Non-plastic and large amounts of metal. Just plastic. That's it. And now they're all felons because they bought... A, what, what did those retail for? 50 bucks? 75? Something like that? For something like... That, that is basically useless. I mean, and really only just there for fun. But they made it into a felony arbitrarily. The Republicans did. Which isn't unprecedented considering that... Uh, the, considering that, um, the, uh, first recent in my lifetime, huge gun restriction was the Hughes amendment, which was signed into law by who? Ronald Reagan. So... It's not like Republicans are innocent here, but right now, the Democrats are being extreme idiots, and they tend to, in recent history, be the idiots. Uh, they do it without any evidence, and, you know, it would curtail already rare mass shootings none. And there's no evidence that it would. And they do it without any evidence that it saves lives whatsoever. While national confiscation would be unprecedented in American history, not pre-American history, or I guess maybe transitionally American history. I don't know what, what, what you call that. I guess transitionally American history sounds the most accurate, although it's weird and a little overly verbose, but it, it kind of works. We're, we already possess hard evidence that bans of so-called assault rifles, which are not truly assault rifles, their modern sporting rifles don't alter gun violence trends. In fact, gun homicides have continued to drop steeply after the uh, Clinton era ban on assault weapons expired in 2004. It's also worth noting that in 2017, the last year of currently available FBI data, there was a near historic low of 7,032 murders with handguns and 403 by rifles of any kind, not just modern sporting rifles. To put that in perspective, there were 1,591 knife homicides during that same span 467 people killed with blunt objects and another 696 with fists and feet. Or knees. They say kicking, so it, it can also be knees because they, they lump that together. Although a number of Democrats now unequivocally support a buyback. No one has explained how the procedure will unfurl. What will the penalty be for ignoring the buybacks? Fines? Prison terms? Will local police be tacked with tax, 
with opening case files on a hundred million homes of suspected gun owners who are armed with hundreds of millions of firearms? Will it be the FBI? Maybe Democrats will propose paying back family members and neighbors who snitch on gun owners. How else are they going to figure out who owns an AR-15? There is no national tracking of these sales, allegedly. Although, as I always tell people, if you really think that the federal government would have access to the NICS system and being able to create a record and maintain it very, very easily of NICS requests, if you really think they're just going to let that data go, you might be a little bit of an idiot. But then again, Democrats do support universal background checks, which would necessitate a national database. So subsequent confiscations would be far easier, I suppose. I can remember a time not very long ago when liberals accused a person of being a tinfoil-headed nutter for merely suggesting that anyone had designs on their guns. It's unclear to me if every candidate supports mandatory buybacks. Imprecision, after all, is the hallmark of gun rhetoric. Of course, a non-coercive buyback program wouldn't work either because... No red-blooded American is going to sell his firearm under market value. If you pay gun owners more than market value, they will surely turn a profit and then probably purchase new guns. We know this historically from gun buybacks that have happened recently, where people have simply artificially made guns that fit into the uh, federal definition of a gun and then sold them. The guns themselves were nothing but a few pipes, some springs, a little bit of wood, a nail. But they could fire a shotgun shell on demand, which makes them a firearm under federal law. And although homemade firearms are in fact legal federally, because, as the Supreme Court of the United States has ruled, any law against them would be wholly unenforceable and in direct conflict with the spirit of the Second Amendment. But they, these guns cost $20 to produce. And if there's a minimum pay or maximum pay at a buyback of $100 or $250, that's a pretty significant profit margin and a pretty big incentive to go ahead and turn gun manufacturer. Now, the criminal class, deranged would-be mass shooters, have absolutely no incentive to participate in a gun buyback anyway. But then again, I imagine that if you're watching this show, you probably knew that. Then there is the little matter of constitutionality. 
I've noticed an uptick in gun grabbers, a phrase that's seriously not hyperbole anymore, arguing that Americans don't need AR-15s to hunt. As if that mattered. Although ARs are used by hunters, I'm fairly certain that there is nothing in the Second Amendment that mentions hunting. Because the right of self-defense, an individual concern as well as a collective one, as listed in the Second Amendment, has nothing to do with shooting deer and everything to do with protecting Americans from those who endeavor to strip them of their inalienable rights. How coincidental. The District of Columbia v. Heller decision found that the Second Amendment protected weapons, quote, in common use by law-abiding citizens, end quote. The AR-15 clearly meets both of these criteria. It's one of the most popular rifles and actually, I think the most popular rifle and one of the most popular firearms overall in America. And its semi-automatic automatic mechanism is exactly the same mechanism found in basically every legal firearm in the United States manufactured in the past, what, 50 years? 40 years? Let's conservatively say 40 years. In fact, the AR-15 is so popular that most extremely into gun guys, or as I like to call myself, a gun geek, generally lump rifles into two categories, AR and not an AR. Because the AR has as many variants as you could possibly imagine, long, short, rear-charging, side-charging, uh, semi-DI, and true-DI, which is generally called a piston gun, although that's technically not accurate to call it. I mean, it, it uses a piston. Yeah, anyway. Suppressed, non-suppressed. Stocked, not stocked. Uh, featureless, because California sucks. The AR is everywhere. Almost every gun company in the world makes some sort of a variant on Eugene Stoner's fabulous original design. And for good reason. It functions better when in the mud than an AK or an AK variant could ever possibly hope to. It functions better in extreme dust than any AK variant could ever possibly hope to. If you don't believe me, go ahead and try it. Let me know how that works out. The arguments for a ban on assault weapons, which is a purposely elastic phrase that allows the liberal legislators' imagination to run wild with whatever they want to designate it, as we saw with the assault weapons ban that Clinton made sure happened, is centered on aesthetics. It's on the centered on the false claim that the AR is a weapon of war and on the firearm taste of a handful of deranged sociopathic murderers. Democrats and their allies like to mock these sorts of arguments as nothing more than semantics. Mostly because they need to conflate and euphemize, euphematize, euph, euph, euph I, I don't know what the word there is, make a euphemism, uh, terms 
to make their arguments work. It's how they generate favorable polling. I'm sure you've heard about the popularity of gun control measures, but like Medicare for all and other vaguely positive sounding policies, once voters learn what specifics entail, those numbers tend to settle along the usual partisan lines. If you think you're going to have overwhelming support for mandatory gun buybacks, when people learn and fully comprehend that what you're actually talking about is the confiscation of 20 million privately owned firearms in the hands of how many millions of people? I mean, generally, 20 million is even hyper-conservative. It's probably dramatically larger than that for the firearms. The 20 million is kind of focused on ARs and things that have gotten called assault weapons. Because remember, there's at least 300 million firearms owners in the United States. In fact, it's probably closer to 400 million at this point. Which is also why I laugh when you see those surveys that say, oh, uh, a majority of firearms owners in America support stricter background checks and red flag laws. And then you realize that their sample size represents 0.00005% of the gun-owning population. There is no conceivable way that that could be truly scientific. It's directly manipulative, intentionally manipulative. And if you think that everyone is just going to lie down and let that happen, you're fooling yourself. On a lighter note, to close out the evening, your Florida man of the week. Florida man. Yes, your Florida man of the week. And it is a special one for me. It is a very, very special Florida man. Because it is not every day a champion emerges to match the exploits of the Florida man. But on Tuesday... A Florida-based Marine did volunteer his tribute. 19-year-old Gavin Krim. Of Wisconsin. Drink Wisconsinly, kids. Reportedly broke into a Dunedin, Florida home just after 4 a.m. Tuesday and immediately set out in hurriedly exercising his perceived right to satisfy hunger pangs at any cost. Krim eventually was confronted by the weary homeowner whose home he broke into to cook breakfast or dinner. Or who knows, I don't know how long the man had been drinking, but he was from Wisconsin and a Marine. So one can presume a significant portion of time. But he, the homeowner confronts him 
and uh, the homeowner is unsurprisingly alarmed to discover a stranger going full-blown Gordon Ramsay in his kitchen, according to CBS 17. But the considerate Marine, understanding the importance of eight hours of rest, told the owner to get back to sleep. The homeowner, predictably, did not comply with the inebriated REM sleep enthusiast, responding instead by threatening to call the police, prompting Krim to make a break for a life of freedom and a partially empty belly. Ah, the classic dine and dash. Police discovered the hungry Krim later in woods nearby. Uh, his name happens to me in 50 here happens to be, you'll note, 50% of criminal. He unsuccessfully hid in a wooded and swampy area adjacent to the property. Uh, he was subsequently arrested and booked by the Pinellas County Sheriff's Office on felony charges of burglary in an occupied dwelling. Uh, police did not specify upon request exactly what it was that Krim was cooking. I like to think bacon and eggs. Think what you will. Take from that what you will. The important thing is... The man offered to simply make breakfast and leave, but twas not to be. Twas not to be. Drink responsibly, kids. As I said, that is all for me at this stage. You guys have a good night. Don't forget to check out FPC if you get a chance and support them. They are freaking amazing. Again, if you're going to be in the Lacrosse, West Salem, Sparta, blah, blah, blah area this weekend, check out Mississippi Mayhem. All of the money goes to a great cause. It's completely worth it. I hope you guys enjoyed the show, learned a few things, appreciate it. If you did dig it, please share with your friends. Tell them about it. Say, hey, this guy is absolutely amazing. He's the smartest man I've ever heard. Okay, don't say that because that's... Well, that might be accurate. I don't know. I don't know who you listen to, but either way, I don't want to toot my own horn. But you guys should definitely share this. Get that word out so that we can continue to tell people about their creeping, slow, but ultimately inevitable erosion of their freedoms. And maybe they can get a laugh or two. I do try. And as always, joining me is my glorious poster of Gun Jesus himself as Gun Jesus, courtesy of Headstamp Publishing. Uh... Don't forget to check out my uh, other podcast that I'm on, Anarchy Among Friends Roundtable Discussion, on every other Sunday. Formerly live, unfortunately, and YouTube has kind of ruined that. Just like this, I can't do live simulcast because YouTube won't let me. Um, and tends to demonetize my videos. I can't imagine why. Um, but share... Share, share, share. Get the word out. Like these videos. Subscribe to me on YouTube if you haven't already. The Inked Anarchist, if you're looking for my page. Assuming that you're not watching this already on YouTube. 
Um, if you are listening to the audio version, I apologize that you're missing out on all of my graphics, but you should check out the audio version if you haven't, because uh, you can listen to it in your car on a commute or doing things you, you at, while at your reloading bench, maybe. Um, hopefully, relatively soon, I'll have some additional videos out uh, on a uh, on SBRs versus AR pistols, and um, I am working on tentatively doing a collab video with the uh, manager of uh, a local vape shop to discuss all of the things on that end because I'm of the very strong opinion that the ban on vaping uh, is a test run on a smaller demographic for gun bans nas nationwide to see exactly what happens there. But we're going to talk about that going to science and all sorts of fun stuff there if we get the opportunity to, hopefully. Uh, that's something that can happen soon. Um, beyond that, don't forget to check out my co-host on Anarchy Among Friends book. Whoop! Let's get that into camera. Think for yourself. A critical thinking workbook for beginners. Available on Amazon right now. Ordered for yourself. Ordered for your kids. Order it for your liberal neighbors and relatives, especially. Make it your Christmas gift. Maybe, maybe you might be able to get through to them. I wouldn't hold my breath, but maybe. If you like this content, please uh, consider contributing to FPC as well as, uh, again, subscribing. Um, and hitting up people who maybe own t-shirt companies, whatever that want to sponsor me. My sponsor's website has gone dark. Uh, so I can't even refer you to that anymore. So if you can find me more sponsors, antistate.net, I have tried to get a hold of. I still haven't heard anything back. So if anyone knows who runs it, please let me know so I can harass them until they sponsor me and give me some free stuff in exchange for pimping their stuff, which I've already done repeatedly. I think I'm done for the night. You guys stay safe, stay real. Always laugh to heal. Have a good evening, everyone. And don't forget to drink Wisconsinly, kids. But never break into anyone's house to cook dinner. Because when you tell them to go to sleep, they're not gonna. <laughs>